Hi and welcome. Hi and welcome. The Facts and Blog and Podcast. Well, we're very excited to have our first uh, dedicated segment that has something to do with 8-6. Yeah, which, get excited, people. Yeah, because it's uh, all the time questions uh, about 8-6. So and, and a lot of them we can't answer because we're not making the ammo. Right. But we've adjusted that today. Yes. So if you're coming to NRA, you'll see some more stuff and, and get some more release dates as far as like barrels and what we are bringing to the market. Uh, but, you know, all the interviews we've done and people we've talked to, um, you know, we could talk for days and days about the barrels and the things Absolutely. that we're making. Uh, but, you know, we we don't like to speak for everybody else on the development project. So we we try to leave things like ammo specific data and questions uh, to to the experts, if you will. And Emily, we have a guest today that can help us out with that. If you wouldn't mind giving the introduction. Yeah, we do. So, you know, we mentioned we're not making the ammunition, we're making the barrels. But, you know, who is making some ammunition is discrete ballistics. So we've got their leader, their fearless leader here today, David Stark, calling in to chat with us on the podcast about some 8.6 ammo. So hi, David. Thanks for joining us. Hi, you're welcome. It's a pleasure. I'm excited to uh, to dive in here. Awesome. Um, uh, thanks for the invite. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, to get us started, um, you know, we'll, we'll get 8.6 heavy, but let's just start with you and Discrete Ballistics. Just kind of what's what's the background, how the business gets started? You know, if, if people, you know, have not heard of you yet, you know, what are you kind of, you know, most known for as a brand? Sure, sure. So um, I started reloading when I was probably about eight or nine with my dad. Um, we lived in Massachusetts. So it was an area where we, I had never even seen a silencer uh, mm -hmm. before. So it's, um, it was uh, suppressed weapons and subsonic ammunition has always been very intriguing to me. So um, when I, uh, when I started discreet uh, prior, well, I should say prior to starting discreet, um, I worked for a company called Mark 7 Reloading. And it's a company that uh, automates machines to uh, uh, essentially automate the reloading process. And I started to look into subsonic ammunition and we were still down in Massachusetts. So eventually uh, I moved up to New Hampshire where uh, I'm still a free state, certainly relative to- Live free uh, or die. <laughs> live, exactly. live free or die. It, it, is a, it is an excellent state motto. Um, and uh, started really looking into subsonic ammunition. And at the time, uh, 2015, 2016, it was really, um, really a novelty. It was a type of thing, and still is to a large degree. Um, it was a, a way for people to go to the range and shoot with their silencer. You know, maybe they had one or two silencers at the time. You know, silencers at, at the time were not nearly as popular uh, as they are now, six or seven years later. Um, and it was a way to kind of shoot something incredibly quiet and talk to their friends. Oh, look how cool this is. And and that's still a, a great part about subsonic ammo. But one of the things that I really had to consider and I really wanted to consider was the lethality potential of subsonic. Um, most people at the time and still do, they really look at uh, energy, um, kinetic energy on, on, on target as the uh, large determining factor in, in the lethality of, of a projectile. And that's, that's still very relevant. But um, you know, with subsonic, people are like, "Oh, you're just shooting a 
you're just shooting pistol ammo. And with the projectiles that were being used back then, largely that was true. Um, there were not really any terminally performing projectiles. And at the time, 300 blackout uh, was in its early years. I think it had come out five years prior. There were a couple of projectiles in the market um, that claimed to have lethality. We tested them all and we, we saw deficiencies in, in, in essentially everything. So my goal from the beginning of the street ballistics, not just to provide that, that novelty target ammunition of, you know, hearing steel, you know, uh, ding at a hundred yards, um, but it was also to really squeeze as much lethality potential into 300 blackout at the time. Um, and we spent about a year and a half on development and we came out with um, a subsonic projectile for 300 blackout that was radically different from uh, anything else in the market. Um, it expanded under non-ideal situations, which was uh, an issue uh, with what had been on the market and what still is on the market. It holds together 100% weight retention and it was extremely accurate. So those were the three factors that really there were a lot of deficiencies um, in the market uh, at the time. Um, you know, did a bunch of jail testing and the real proof in the pudding was uh, sending some down to Texas to hog hunt. And, um, you know, shooting jail is one thing, but shooting an animal like a hog that's, you know, through evolution has become, they've become incredibly tough. Um, and finding skeptical guys to shoot hogs with it. And they've, they've become some of the best evangelists for our brand, um, since. So, that's kind of a little bit of our origin story. Very good. Me, yeah, I'm actually uh, going to be shooting some hogs with some eight six next week with oh, Q and you. Gorilla. So I will Very be cool. one of those people that gets to experience that. <laughs> so I'm excited. So uh, you know, awesome. just just to kind of tease in then into the eight six blackout project. I mean, what are some of the things that you found, even with three hundred blackout or anything else in your product line, that is perhaps you know a benefit <clears throat> over supers? Um, when it comes to, you know, actual hunting and, and lethality, as, as you were saying, you know, is it, you know, are there some benefits of using subs over supers uh, as long as it does have that lethal impact uh, like you were talking about? Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest benefit is, is uh, the reduced sound signature um, for, for hunting. Um, you know, a lot of, I, I would say, 30% of our customers are in the Houston and Dallas areas and uh, maybe 25 to 30%. And a lot of these guys are, are living in areas where there's a huge encroachment of, of feral hogs on their land. And they need to be able to take them out uh, quickly without having them end up on their neighbor's lawn um, and also uh, be quiet um, and not wake up the neighbors. So. Uh, my guys are boxing in the background. Sorry about that. Um, it's okay. But, Wait, it's, uh, you're in the action. Yeah. You're in the action. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so to, to that degree, yes, yeah, sound signature uh, is and lethality kind of that cross section of, of quietness and lethality is, is really what we're all about from a home defense perspective. Um, having a bullet that, you know, it's kind of the opposite where, the sound signature is important because, you know, you want to be able to communicate with law enforcement if they come uh, after, you know, a home invasion or whatever. 
But um, you also want to be able to um, have a projectile that doesn't overpenetrate. So one of the great things about uh, our 188 grain um, uh, expander for 300 blackout is that it, it always expands. Um, and that expansion creates a pretty high degree of drag as it's going through an animal. And oftentimes, it, if it does exit, it's just exiting like right on like five feet away. So it dumps all of its energy. There's a limited amount of energy because it's subsonic. Dumps all of its energy into that target. Whereas a lot of other subsonic projectiles, they're not going to open up as fast. And um, oftentimes they'll overpenetrate and potentially hurt somebody that you're not um, wanting to hurt. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. So, uh, so let's move on a, a little bit into, you know, some specific, uh, eight, six blackout talk, you know, how sure. did you get, um, into the, uh, get into the project, um, and, and kind of what was the, the beginning stages for you? Um, I mean, we've, we've talked a bit on the show about how Q came to us for the barrels. You know, they wanted, uh, uh, they wanted to be able to offer a button rifled option. That's hard to do at such a fast twist rate, but, but we have the capability to do it. Um, how, how were kind of, how were you guys kind of brought into the fold on this? Well, to get into that, I'll just talk about how we first started working with Q. Um, and that was back in, I think, 2016. We were, we were essentially both new companies in New Hampshire. They were in Portsmouth and we were up in uh, Plainfield, New Hampshire, which is uh, just across from the Vermont border. Um, and uh, this is, we had just started thinking about uh, an expanding projectile, um, but we had a, a very good um, target loading, which we use a, a 190 grain, uh, I should have one right here, 190 grain Sierra Match King bullet uh, for our target 300 blackout. And uh, I think at the time we were maybe using Nostler custom competition, but essentially the same bullet. Um, but uh, we, uh, we went down to, I, I just on a whim, I had heard about Q and saw that there was a lot of um, pedigree there in terms of creating a blackout. It's essentially what Kevin and Ethan did with AAC was, was commercialized 300 Whisper to a, a large extent and it just took off. So I drove down, uh, it was about two hours away. New Hampshire's a pretty small state. Mm -hmm. um, they're on the opposite side pretty much of the state, but um, you know, knocked on the door and just, started talking, you know, I met with Ethan, started talking about 300 blackout. Um, and I brought about 600 rounds with me and said, Hey, would you just mind running these through, um, your honey badger mini fix wasn't out. Or I think the honey badger and the fix were the first, you know, rifles that they had, they had introduced and, um, got a text back from, from Ethan a few days later said ammo works great. Yeah. So for me to hear that, you know, as a, a company that had just started from the guys who brought 300 block out into existence was, was huge. And we just, you know, uh, you know, a year later, I came to their, their shop with the gel block after we finally had an, an expanding 300 block out um, that worked and I came and slapped the gel block on the table and it was just you know, we really have a great relationship with them. I like to say that we, you know, we make, we make the, 
the the premium food for their for their guns. So yeah. That's awesome. it works out works out well. So as far as eight six, um, you know, from an early from an early time, I you know I I think uh, from what Ethan told me when they first did three hundred blackout, they were thinking of a three thirty eight um, option as well. Um, I, they decided to go with 30 cal, I think just because of the amount of 30 cal silencers and it just was a, a less complicated, um, endeavor at that point. So, so a 338 sub, a big 38 subsonic, you know, a big brother to 300 blackout was, was always in the, in, in the, in the, in the deck of cards. And, um, the, for, for us, um, we, we got introduced about, you know, right when we started working with Q and um, developed a, a 338 projectile that functioned well in a one in seven. Um, and we've since been working on projectile that can hold up to the one in three. And we're, we've made some really good progress on that. But it's just been a, a great working relationship between an ammo company and a gun company. and. Um, you know, the one in three presents some uh, unique challenges, as you guys know, as barrel makers. Absolutely. But, yeah. But it's 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 incredible. I mean, it's it's like, you know, with firearms, really not much has changed in the past hundred years. I mean, sure, you know, barrels have gotten shorter, you know, magazines have gotten bigger, the guns have gotten lighter, but essentially they're 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 the same thing. The really big changes, um, I'm not the only one who thinks this, but uh, optics and ammo, and in particular, subsonic ammo, introducing one and three twist, it's, it's historical, honestly. Like it's, I think that you know, a lot of gun people are pretty conservative in the sense that not just politically, but just conservative in like trying new things. They don't like change. Nobody likes change. They don't like change. <laughs> yeah. it's, exactly. So seeing this one in three, um, I, th I, I've had dozens, if not hundreds of conversations with people who are very much set in their ways. And I, you know, I take the time to explain the advantages, um, whether it's, you know, just longer, uh, longer range stability with subsonic or more energy on target through the rotational velocity, increased rotational velocity of the, of the projectile. And it's amazing to see that, that light bulb go off. Um, that proverbial light bulb go off and it just, it just keeps me going. Like it's, it's so cool. And I'm sure you guys have similar conversations all the time. Um, oh my gosh. Um, yeah. For, for sure. Yeah. Like at SHOT Show, we had that similar, we had that similar kind of like seeing that light bulb moment when we'd show people the barrel and we'd be like, you know, look, look down it and just look at the twist. And it was one of those things, you know, people that you'd be talking to them and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as soon as they saw it in the barrel, they were like, holy crap, this is something to yeah. really be excited about and you know it's, it's, it's like been, you're tapping into an area of the brain that yeah, people have never even thought about you know exactly and and you know we feel the same way like to be part of this to be working with q to have a great relationship with them and to be part of something so new and so different has been really you know, great for us, especially like all the companies involved. We're all companies that, you know, like we're making things here in the U S we're, we're all, you know, pretty 
we're, we're all smaller family businesses. You know, we kind of started from the ground up. I think it's just, that's like another cool part of the project. Yeah. And, and one of the things that, you know, and, and you hit on it with being able to increase that velocity and be able to, you know, have an impact on that energy on target with more than just uh, heavier bullet or, you know, heavier load, you know, being able to go like, yes, we've all thought about twist rate in the sense of stabilization, um, right. but the, you know, there's more to it. it it's almost like science. you get to exploit, yes, yeah, it's blinding science. me with science. <laughs> it, it's, it's like you you get to exploit this one piece of physics that you thought was just for one thing, but it could be turned into something else because that, that energy is still energy. It's like and an entire so, new right, way of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to yeah, harness that's huge. It's the holy grail. It's the holy grail as far as I'm concerned. You know, it's like had silencers not been um, regulated in 1934, this is something I tell people fairly often. It's like there'd be um, there, there'd be subsonic rifles, dedicated subsonic rifles um, that you could take off the shelves of Walmart. You know what I mean? Like it would be something that is so ubiquitous in firearms. Um, and we'd be so much further along. This is like wish blink, right? So much <laughs> further along uh, with, with blip subsonic ballistics, with silencers, because it, the commercial market would have driven that in innovation. And there was, we always had it to some degree in the, the military market, but it was always very specialized in small units and stuff like that. And it's kind of like, and I actually posted about this on my, on my Instagram the other day. It's kind of like we're, we're picking up right now on that development that had those silencers, had silencers not been regulated, essentially regulated out of existence for 50 years. We would have, we would have, I don't want to say we would have been where we are now, but we're, we're finally picking up that evolution. We're now. catching up. And we're catching up. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. yeah I, that's so exciting to be a part of. Yeah. So what, you know, what are some of the challenges, you know, for you, you know, that go into, you know, creating, uh, you know, the projectiles for this, you know, fast twist rate, you know, what are some things that, you know, maybe even if they might seem like, you know, duh factor things to you, but maybe the general consumer may not know, you know, why is, you know, a high twist rate, um, you know, such a, such an engineering challenge, um, for an, any ammo manufacturer, let alone, you know, someone who specializes in subs, uh, you know, what, what are the, you know, what are kind of the, the pieces that go into that and what needs to be taken into consideration? Well, I'll tell you, um, I have a graveyard of chronographs <laughs> and, what 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 that means is uh when you increase the twist rate of a bullet that um you're designing to expand uh when it hits fluid um what can happen and why we have a graveyard of chronographs is the bullets and these are these are you know prototype bullets over the past five years have what will happen is they with the increased amount of rotational velocity and you have a subsonic bullet that is designed to open up at a low velocity, low linear velocity through cuts in the side of the bullet. But what can happen is the bullet can open up outside of the barrel before it hits the target. So the real challenge is walking that line 
between having a bullet that is strong enough to um, hold together as it exits the barrel and obviously would sub into a silencer and exit the silencer in one piece. And then also when it hits fluid to expand and hold together. Um, it's, it's not really a big secret in terms of what makes subs lethal. It's what makes a sub lethal, the primary thing what, for lethality with subs is getting the bullet to open up big. Any bullet that comes apart or designed to come apart early on as it hits fluid, in my humble opinion, is not going to be effective because that wounding ends up being very shallow. You want to carry the wounding as deep as possible in the wound track because you don't have a permanent or you don't have a temp, the same type of temporary wound cavity that you have with supersonic uh, projectiles. You, you're basically only creating a permanent wound cavity. So the idea is to not, not necessarily simulate a temporary wound cavity with subs, but to compensate for it by making the largest permanent, permanent wound trap wound cavity as possible. Yeah. And if, and if you guys go to, you know, our website, you know, factsandfirearms.com slash eight, six BLK, we have, uh, some gifts of, you know, one of these gel tests that you guys have done. Um, and you can really see exactly what you're explaining, you know, that, that opening up, um, on that gel test. I mean, it's just with eight, six, it's, you know, you can't compare it to anything else. It's yeah. yeah. And unique. I can, I can, I can explain that gel test. Actually, it's a really, that's one that we did. I did with Ethan, yeah. um, with you. Uh, up at our range in, in New Hampshire uh, before I went to Wyoming, which is a whole other conversation uh, <laughs> which we can have. Uh, but um, we, uh, so basically we had a, uh, an 8.6 early, this is maybe three years ago, early prototype of 8.6, uh, a, a one in seven twist barrel and a one in three twist barrel. Um, it's the same loading. It's a, it was a 140 grain, I believe, solid copper projectile. And um, same velocity, same linear velocity, but we shot the gel block with the one and seven, and we shot the gel block with the one and three, and we captured on, a, on Ethan's Kronos uh, high-speed camera. And again, same linear energy, same linear velocity, but far different rotational velocity. And Emily, what you're mentioning, what I would encourage folks to do is see the difference between those two gel block uh, uh, videos because the difference is dramatic. Um, you really have a much higher degree of temporary wound cavity. And these are, these are supersonic bullets, uh, just for the record. I mean, probably two and a half to three X larger temporary wound cavity, which is just amazing to think. Um, because again, I keep on going back to it. It's the same, it's bullets hitting the block at the same linear velocity. It's just that rotational velocity is the only difference between those two shots. So yeah, it's a, it's a very compelling yeah. video. It's insane how that like one change, you know, man, you're talking to an English major right here. So like physics, who, I mean, right <laughs> over my head, but even just like trying to like consider the like small differences that are making this happen are just mind blowing to me. Yeah. So. And you know, something that's unique that, that you guys have been able to do is you did like a little pre-launch batch, right? You guys, you know, actually did. did sell, uh, some ammo, probably I, the first ones to do so. I heard they sold out pretty quickly. Yeah. It was, uh, about 12 minutes. Uh, that's yeah. it was, crazy. it was a little batch that we put out 
So we're our, our, our launch ammunition while we're continue to work on the expanding uh, subsonic 86 is utilizes a, a 300 grain uh, full metal jacket bullet. It's essentially a 338 bullet um, loaded into uh, 86 brass. Uh, and not going to get into the load data necessarily, but it is really quiet. Uh, yeah. We're shooting it this past week at about 12 inch uh, Q fix with one of your barrels and the new pork chop. And it's crazy because um, it's actually quieter than the mini fix um, that we had there that we were using with um, our 300 blackout target loads for a couple of reasons. Um, one is the barrel length, the 12 inch compared to the eight inch uh, on the mini fix um, is, is going to be different because the powder has a longer barrel to burn up in, but also the powder that we were using in the eight, six loadings is a faster burning powder than we'll use in our 300 blackout loadings because, uh, just the powder we decided to use with eight, six. And I mean, it is pellet gun quiet. It's unbelievable. So, yeah. um, we had some guys who were shooting who, um, a lot of them are, uh, current and former uh, special operations folks. And I mean, they're just giggling. Um, you know, yeah. so seeing somebody who's like such a serious dude, just giggle about how, See, how, how quiet these are. Um, yeah. Seeing someone, it was, it was amazing. Seeing yeah. someone's reaction for the first time is always so funny. Like when, when we were at shot show range day, I got to go see, you know, all the influencers start shooting it for the first time. That was sure. the first like event we brought it to. And, you know, we had people come up that have shot ton i mean every gun you could think of and they'd sit down and they'd pull the trigger and they would look at me like they thought it hadn't gone off they You're were right. like was that it yeah that was it and then they would keep shooting and then they would be like oh my god i need one of these you right. know and i know dustin you just got to shoot it yourself yeah. the other day did yeah. you have the same reaction <laughs> yeah it's wild i mean because i had been next to it right so at the range or whatever with people shooting it but but last week was the first time I personally got to shoot it. And the, I mean, the, the talking points, you know, are, are consistent. It's quiet. Uh, the recoil really isn't insane. Uh, no. you know, not what you would expect for something that is supposed to have this incredible energy. And then, especially with a light rifle too. I mean, yes. the rifles yeah. are fairly light. Exactly. Right. So we were, and we're just using different variations of bolt guns, you know, that, that we have out there. And, uh, cause that's, that's one of the things that's getting, you know, a lot of R and D attention on our side is because with the exception of the RPR years ago, um, for facts and branded stuff, we haven't really done, you know, a ton of, of bolt. And, uh, so with all the new kind of stacking up on each other, you know, we're, we're, I was out with, with the guys just while they were doing accuracy testing and just kind of seeing what groups were holding and stuff. And a lot of this now is because some of this, you know, brass is in short supply are reloads that we've done here. And, uh, it, it's, it's phenomenal. It's, it's, it's quiet. It's really cool. It's, it's accurate. Um, and it just, I mean, even, um, hearing it hit the paper or hit the mud, you know, behind the target, you just 
it you could tell that something different's going on. Like you kind of hear a little little instead of thuds yeah. into things. You yeah. know, right. it's 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 really it's, it's a good way really, of explaining it. <laughs> yeah, you instead of thuds uh, into things. Definitely. And which which is you know wildly wildly interesting. And you know something. And I believe. And if it wasn't you, I apologize. But I believe while we were at Shot Show, we got tagged in a post. Um, is showing an expanding round uh, after it had gone through a target and showing that, you know, on some of the expandable um, bullets, you'll see like, you know, just kind of that fan blading effect. But on this, it fans and kind of twists because the rotational energy is so much that it's actually kind like of like a pinwheel. Yeah, almost, you're kind yeah. of curving in those, those expanding portions. and And I think that's just some of the you know, the wildest stuff like you you just don't you don't think about it. And then when you see it or shoot it in person uh, or even see someone shoot it in person, it really, you know, it really boggles the mind because one thing that comes up and when we early on decided, yes, this is something that we want to do more than just being an OEM contractor for Q. Um, one of the big things with it was you know, people asking who hadn't seen some of this stuff, people asking, well, how do we know this isn't just going to be the new boutique round that goes to the wayside? Um, and and even some of the kind of early, I'll call them customer service questions about things like, uh, uh, you know, barrel life and break in and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, you know, this isn't necessarily the gun that you're taking to the range and plinking with and doing mag dump after mag dump after mag dump. Sure. Definitely don't, not yet anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't, don't get me yeah. wrong. Like, you know, we, we, our barrels are going to be top notch. That's something that, you know, we, we will stand behind, but as far as like comparing it to something else, like that's the hard part because I would say, so much I would different. start to interrupt. I would say no. 300 blackout, you know, like, sure. The, the Kevin and Ethan, the guys from AAC and, uh, you know, now Q, like they bla they've blazed that trail. I mean, think about how radical 300 blackout was when it first came out in 20, 2010. Like very few people had silencers. I mean, maybe like a tenth of people uh, compared to now have sil had silencers back then. So it was, in it was incredibly radical at that point, but look at the acceptance of 300 blackout. I mean, you guys must be cranking out 300 blackout barrels mm -hmm. all the time, right? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's definitely a top barrel skew. And, and, you know, some people, you know, even though these rounds, I think show, um, a lot of wow factor suppressed people still use them at least in 300 blackouts case at this point, unsuppressed. Um, you know, not right. every, I have, I have a hard time believing that everybody who's bought a 300 blackout barrel from us actually has, uh, all their paperwork together and has a yeah, cram for Especially it. with those weights. Yeah. The wait times people are going through. Yeah. Like I just, I seriously doubt it. And so, and, and when we're out, you know, shooting these, you know, we're shooting them suppressed and unsuppressed. Um, you know, it, it they, you still get a lot. I mean, minus the, uh, minus like that sound signature you were talking about, but even sure. still, I mean, I, I was out, I was wearing active, uh, you know, hearing protection last week while we were at the range, but even, uh, unsuppressed, it's not what you would expect, uh, sound signature wise to be coming out of anything that would flow down an AR 10. You know what I mean? Even right. unsuppressed, it's not 
like i don't know it just like it, when you're when you're at the range and like somebody's shooting like a 22 and a nine mil handgun and then they bring out the 556 and then they bring out the 762 and like right. you feel like oh man like this is getting loud this is getting crazy it's not the same now granted i have not hooked up a spectroscope or anything to it yet or, or anything like that but even unsuppressed it's it's you know not as uh not as violently loud as as you would imagine right right yeah no it's it's just an incredible uh thing to be a part of and you know kind of goes back to what i'm saying like what i was saying with regards to like a uh just what has changed in the firearms industry i mean it's and it really is the biggest movers have been optics and ammo and i mean honestly eight six is at the precipice is at the apex of that ammo development. I mean, you look, you know, there are there are cartridges out there where, you know, like one of my favorite ones is uh, 300 PRC. Like that's a great long range cartridge, but the incremental improvement that it's had over say 300 Win Mag, it's that delta between those two cartridges is, is so minuscule compared to what 8.6 has done to for instance, 300 blackout or really any other subsonic cartridge, you know? So it's, um, it's amazing. Uh, and I think, you know, just as far as kind of going back to uh, 300 blackout as, as kind of an example of, of, of how that, that path has been blazed and the guys from Q have did that. I think now even more so that that's going to be the case because you have more people with silencers you have more education about what subsonic ammunition is. You got these amazing Q rifles that are just super sexy that people, <laughs> you know, love. You know, so um, I, I think I think that as far as general acceptance, um, I, I think it. I think I'm, I know it will get there. Um, it's just you know, supply chain and all sorts of things it is, with, it's a unique, in the ammo industry. Unique time right it, now. It is. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's so, a challenge that 300 Blackout didn't necessarily have to face. So it's definitely. That's, that's absolutely true. Yeah. And, you know, for us, you know, we're a small company. We are growing rapidly. Um, you know, we're, we're scaling up our production. Um, but, you know, I have to get out to the lab and and continue to do this R and D while you know I'm answering hundreds of email <laughs> emails. Yeah. You know what I mean? So as a you know, it's kind of the life of the entrepreneur. Like I'm not complaining or anything, but it's just you know I, I I'm looking forward to um, continuing uh, this R and D and just working on our our, our products and you know we're, we're we'll eventually have uh, bulk gun specific AR specific expanding, um, possibly our piercing, you know, the military, as you can imagine, um, has essentially gone all in with 300 blackout, not just the U S but a lot of other European, um, friendly nations. And I think that, um, eight, six is not far behind and Absolutely. the capabilities that eight, six offer over 300 blackout is essentially a bullet that expands larger, has more lethality because of that twist rate. And also is able to stabilize at a further distance just because of that increased rotational velocity as it's going downrange. So, I mean, you think about like being able to consistently hit a target at four or 500 yards with, a, with an expanding subsonic projectile, 
that essentially has no sound signature. I mean, that is, I mean, the, the loudest sound is going to be that bullet on impact. Yeah. You know, yep. um, that's, you know, I've mentioned Holy Grail before. That's kind of, I mean, for a lot of sniping, um, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome to have that capability. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You, you know, and so just, uh, to kind of go up on the tease a little bit, you know, what, what was, uh, your pre-release, you know, um, what rounds were those? You said they were non-expanding or yeah, yeah. yeah. They were a target load, a 300 green, uh, uh, FMJ bullet. That's essentially a bullet that was designed for 338 Lapua. Um, so we retrofitted it for, uh, blackout. And um, we were using uh, some brass that Q supplied for us that I believe was made by Hornady. Um, and, you know, uh, Benchress large rifle magnum primer, um, can't get into the powder, but it was a, a, a great powder that we use in our uh, 300 blackout expanders. Um, and we're able, we did, we did a lot. I mean, I'm very familiar with this powder, so I, was kind of biased towards it. We did some testing with some other powders as well. But one of the great things about this powder is that it, it will cycle a gas gun. Um, so for example, we were able to cycle the, um, last week we were able to cycle the, the Noveski rifle that Ethan brought out. It's kind of essentially an AR-10 N6. Mm -hmm. I think it was, I think it was maybe running one of your barrels. I'm not sure. But cycle that, but at the same time out of a bolt gun, you know, had enough gas to get that, that big AR-10 bolt back. But at the same time, um, it was incredibly quiet uh, out of the out of the bolt gun. So um, yeah, I mean, we're um, we're just talking today. We're going to be setting up some of our automated uh, machines to um, to start really cranking this this ammo out. Um, we'll be getting some more brass um, hopefully soon. And yeah, I mean, it's just where there's a will, there's a way. I mean, that's yeah. that's the thing in this industry. Like, as a small manufacturer, you're kind of, I mean, you are dependent on these larger suppliers, and a lot of the larger suppliers are, you know, component suppliers are making ammo themselves. So having a project like this, and having the reputation of making the best 300 blackout, and in my opinion, the best 86 blackout you know, that, that kind of gets out and these component suppliers want to be a part of that too. Um, yeah. so that's helpful. We're not, you know, we're not just like a bulk ammunition manufacturer and there's nothing wrong with that. Like that's a viable business model, but this is not who we are. Um, we really try to, to be specialists. Yeah. Cool. And I, and I think too, you know, the market is hungry. It's been two years of everybody's first five, five, six, uh, you know, and, yep. and right. even just as we look at, uh, sales data and in stock notify registries and things, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like anybody's stopping making five, five, six, anything. Um, but you know, seeing more of the boutique -y type stuff or the kind of non main line, uh, you know, rounds, uh, you know, pop up for people's next builds, you know, whether that is, uh, you know, 300 blackout, which has still been, you know, popular for several years now, six millimeter arc or, you know, whatever. Um, and, and I think you're right, you know, when it comes to the, the 
you know, the gas gun portion of this, that that is an interesting thing for this, you know, having, making sure that these loads are, are powerful enough that things are going to cycle and all that. And also to AR-10, it isn't as streamlined as AR-15, sure. you know, so those, those are all kind of things that, that go into it. Um, and, you know, could be certainly be a challenge because, you know, we want to be able to, uh, on our website, you could find everything you need for your build. You know, when this rolls out, it's, you know, what buffer you're using, you know, what spring, all these sure. different types of parts and pieces. And that's what I think is unique, too, about this project, like Emily was stating, you know, with uh, these companies kind of having some similar DNA, but also being very different uh, as well, you know, kind of specialized and uh, even just, you know, branding presence. I mean, uh, you know, whereas, for example, you know, Facts of Firearms are a little more Americana, you know, a little more Rust Belt manufacturing where a machine shop all that sort of bit and and, you know, founded on innovation. Um, but the, the, you know, the way Q markets is totally different than us. And, right. uh, you know, the, and the way that discreet as, you know, your project and, and your entrepreneurial piece, it's a different thing. And then you throw in the gorillas and the Hornadies and, and any other people that might, you know, hop on board with this because too, it's like, yes, there is maybe like a little bit of rub and competition when you have products that overlap with people. But sure. we, I think I could speak for all of us when, when I say that, all of us want this to catch on, you know, all of us want to right. be able to say, no, this is going to be, you know, a viable thing. And this is going to be different uh, than, you know, what you've you've seen in maybe, you know, previous iterations of, of uh, new calibers, new cartridges. Um, you know, so I think it's I think it's going to be crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah. it's going to be crazy. No, it's, 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 it's kind of interesting. You mentioned the whole competition factor. I'm, I'm a pretty competitive guy. But yeah. I think when you have a uh, a new product like this, you have to have a somewhat of a degree of, uh, of socialism in the sense that you kind of have to have some buy-in from everybody and some, you know, redistribution of, of resources. And, you know, it would be one thing if it was, you know, we we're trying to do... 308 or whatever like right. that's that's one thing but because this is a new a new caliber um you know it's kind of like uh you need you need a number you need kind of these these disparate companies to kind of come together to some degree and and help help raise it up until we can get broad market acceptance of it for sure go. Well, as we wrap up, if you wouldn't mind just letting us know uh, where people can find out more about uh, you and Discrete Ballistics, and we'll include all those links in our show notes. So just go to factsandfirearms.com slash blog and click on the episode with Discrete Ballistics. But uh, David, if you want to mind just letting us know where people can find out more about you and the company. Sure, sure. So uh, our website is uh, discreteballistics.com, and that's uh, D-I-S-C-R-E-E-T not ETE. Sometimes that gets uh, misspelled. Uh, ballistics, B-A-L-L-I-S-T-I-C-S.com. And um, you can learn about our company on our website. But if you really want to stay current on what we're doing, our Instagram, um, while we still are able to be firearms companies on Instagram, <laughs> yeah. um, which is a whole other conversation. Yeah. Um, we is, won't get into that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, gotta, gotta milk it while you can, right? Yes. Um, is at discrete.ballistics. Uh, and that's, um, we, we post uh, fairly regularly and we do a lot of eight, six posts. And um, oftentimes we'll, we'll do 
kind of dive into the technical aspects of, of what we're doing. So it's a really good place for people to, um, you know, see how we're, what we're doing out here in, in Sundance, Wyoming. So awesome. Very good. Awesome. Well, yeah, thank you so much for coming on today and telling us a little more about the round itself. And, you know, we're, I know everybody's hoping we end this call with some sort of release date, but we're going to all, we're going to keep that to ourselves <laughs> for now. We promise everyone, yeah. you know, we'll keep you updated. Make sure you sign up for email notifications, you know, faxandfirearms.com slash 86BLK. And we'll make sure, you know, everybody's getting updated with when Discreet releases their ammo, when we release our barrels. We'll keep everybody in the loop there. Yep. Very good. So go to factsofirearms.com slash blog. Click on the episode with Discrete Ballistics. All the links to everything we talked about will be in the show notes. And as Emily mentioned, uh, on the 8.6 Blackout landing page, don't forget that uh, just today, now we are backlogged with podcasts. So this is going to publish in a couple of weeks. But as of this date, uh, recording date, we do have some new info up, uh, some uh, new data that Q released on uh, load data, beginning load data, as well as a new photo gallery, uh, a little behind the scenes video from our last range testing. And uh, if you are planning on going to NRA on Memorial Day weekend in Houston, please come by and check us out. We'll have uh, a link to our booth spot in the show notes as well. So, David, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Thank you. It was a lot of fun. All right.